In today's Live Treasured podcast, why women often self-deprecate when there's so much to celebrate and what you and I can do about that to shift our lips and change our life. Hey everybody, I'm Elaine Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Live Treasured podcast, where we believe that God can transform your life one beautiful, bold, brave step of faith at a time. Today, we begin our summer podcast series with our first tip of how to tame your lips, how to shift your lips, what you are speaking about yourself in an effort to change your life. Now, if you missed our introduction episode, just subscribe to our podcast and go back to last week's episode uh, where I talked about why the words that we say really, really matter and how this podcast series started, which was actually from a conversation that I had with my friend over dinner. And she really brought awareness in my life of a lot of automatic bad habits that I have in my life where I'm not using my mouth the way that God intended where I'm speaking, you know, self-deprecating words over my life. And so I decided to do a podcast series on this this summer um, called 10 Tips to Tame Your Lips. And we're going to be focusing on the words that we say about ourselves and how to make these slight shifts in our life to make a great impact. Now, one of the things that I talked about last week too was that the Bible tells us that no man can tame the tongue. And so in this podcast series, we want to bring awareness to these automatic bad habits, but then we want to access the source of lasting change, right? We're going to choose grace over grit for that lasting uh, change. And then I invited you to do this with me as sort of a summer Bible study. Now, when, when my summer hits, um, it's a more of a relaxed pace. And so we also thought that this would be a great way for you to have a, a summer uh, Bible study. So if you do want to sign up, make sure you're subscribed to the Live Treasured podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, or you can go to livetreasure.com and subscribe that way. And then um, every week, I'm going to be walking you through one of our 10 tips to tame your lips. And we created a printable version of these 10 tips so that you could print it out and uh, read over that. And if you'd like that, just go to treasureministries.com forward slash lips. We're also going to be giving you a weekly scripture that you can dive into and meditate on and whether or not you want to just grab a journal or just read it out of your Bible, or maybe it is that you have a nourish notebook and you want to use the nourish method. The important thing is that because we are using grace and not grit, we want to invite that Holy Spirit into the process. And then the last thing that we're asking you to do is to invite a friend to do this with you, because just like my friend, 
was the one that brought this to my attention. It's more fun when you do this with a friend. And you can do it with me. I'm doing it this week so um, and, and every week this summer. So today, I want to talk to you about our tip number one, and that is uh, self-deprecation. And, and what I said inside of the tip, as you, um, if you have the printable, is that there's so much, right, that we can celebrate about ourselves. Um, and so instead of self-deprecation, we need to move to celebration. Now, what is self-deprecation? Well, one definition I found said this, self-deprecation is the act of reprimanding oneself by belittling, undervaluing, or disparaging oneself, or being excessively modest. It can be used in humor and intention release. And I know you know what I'm talking about. It's like when women say things like, gosh, that was so stupid, I'm so dumb. Or they'll say things like, "Um, so-and-so is really good at that. You should really talk to them. Uh, and not me, um, or it's that it's that and uh, you know the the mo- the excessive modesty that's really a sense of false humility. It really is, and I'll be getting into that uh, later. Um, and so, so I started thinking about that because I can catch myself doing that too. Um, and I was, as I stepped back from that, I was like, you know, why why do women do this? Why is self-deprecation such a prevalent habit? I mean, I hear, you know, now that I'm sort of bringing awareness to this, I'm not only catching myself do it, I hear a lot of women do it. And so um, so the first thing that I want to talk about is why women do this, why we do this. And this is certainly not an exhaustive list, um, but these are reasons I know uh, I can certainly attest to them inside of my own life. And when we figure out the why, it doesn't solve the problem for us, but it helps us get to the root of the issue so that we can uh, that we can move forward and we can heal from that because we can bring bring these things um, to the Lord. It's a way of sort of bringing it out uh, in, into the light. And so, so here's the thing. Every habit that we do that has a benefit or reward is repeated to the point it becomes automatic, okay? So bad habits, when they have a reward for us, they tend to be repeated. I mean, one thing that I can think of just off the bat of my head is like when you hit your snooze button, you know, you get some more sleep. And so you have that instant reward of not, you know, getting out of bed right away or whatever it may be. And so that bad habit continues to be repeated sometimes. And and so then so then I started thinking about like the self-deprecation. Um, and then, so what is the reward? What is the payoff for that? I mean, you know, another thing that I thought about is, is anger. Um, people that are abusive, the reason why they keep doing it is because they get reactions from people, right? There's a reward from that. You know, but like what's up with self-deprecation? What is the reward? that we're receiving from that by doing it. Well, I can tell you it's not a good reward, right? But the reward I think that we receive from that is that it helps us deal with a deep root of rejection inside of our life. Now, um, rejection is a painful 
painful, scary thing. For me, the fear of rejection is absolutely my greatest fear. And a lot of times, you know, there can be levels. I mean, all of us, you know, want acceptance, but when we have a deep seated root of rejection, um, it has a, a controlling impact on, on side of our life. And so I started thinking about it and I said, you know, if I self-deprecate first, then I'm taking control over my own rejection, right? And I'm sort of beating, beating, um, so, so beating the other person to the punch, right? So at least, at least then I can get the rejection over with and I can be in control of what is said. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is that oftentimes we're managing other people's expectations. Uh, so oftentimes you hear a company saying, um, to under under promise and over deliver, right? And so, if we're working, let's say in a teamwork environment, we might um, bring the opinions of ourselves down. We might belittle ourselves in front of others to manage other people's expectations, so that you know I set the bar low, so you will eventually think of me high. It also, you know, with whatever it is that I'm working on with you, it also helps to, to, um, you know, shield us from that fear of failure, right? Because we've already, you know, said all these things. We've already blamed it on this, this, and that, you know, well, I don't have a lot of experience in that, blah, blah, blah. And so we're managing other people's expectations. Number three, um, we are affirming the accusations of the enemy. And it's just that cut and dry. The enemy is the accuser. And it's like he eggs us and eggs us and eggs us and eggs us on. Um, and, and so that's why we do it. We, um, we love, right, to uh, just silence him. And we think the way that silencing him is we say, oh, you're right. I'm so stupid or whatever. And we'll, we'll just agree with, you know, the, when he bombards us with those thoughts, but the word of God tells us that the way that Jesus defeated the enemy was with scripture, that we've got to speak scripture back. And so, you know, grit says, all right, I'm just going to give in to this or I'm not going to say anything. Grace says, I'm going to find a scripture, whether it's, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or whatever it may be. And I'm going to speak it out loud because that's what Jesus did in Matthew chapter four when he was tempted. And we need to see this uh, aching on that we, when we're tempted to self-deprecate, we need to see it as a temptation, right? And that we need to combat it with, with truth. Um, and I want to go back to you also the, the managing other people's expectations. You know, when you have a root of rejection, basically, you know, the, the salve or the, one of the ways that you com combated that, I know for me, this was huge in my life. And it said, if I perform then I'm lovable, you will love me, and you will accept me, right? And so if I can perform high, if I'm managing these people's expectations, right, then that's, that's where it comes from. And see, we need to recognize that as call it for a thing a thing, call it sin. And I think that when we see it that way, when we see that, you know what, 
Lord, I'm not living up to a person's expectations and I don't do anything, any work, right, to get people's approval because I'm serving you, then that is how we go to the core root of the issue. That's how we access the grace, right, to not worry about managing other people's expectations. And number four, the another reason why we self-deprecate is because many of us grew up in families uh, where we marinated in high expectations. And it could have been high moral expectations. It could have been um, high expectations for academics, for sports, whatever it was for, you know, keeping a perfect room neat and tidy. And a lot of times, you know what, Sometimes it came from really good intentions from our parents, um, but there's a message that we can receive from being treated that way, and the message says we are not good enough. And so that is inherently what we believe about how God has gifted us, what we do, or the part that we're playing um, inside of the kingdom. And so, and so we truly honestly feel that what we have to offer is not enough. I mean, if, if you're consistently looking around at other people and saying, oh, she's so gifted and she's so gifted and blah, 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 but you're not, you're not investing in yourself and taking ownership over that that's the problem. That's the problem. And so I hope by pointing these things out that it'll help to um, to sort of get to the root of the issue, of the, the why that we do things. Um, and so, you know, the first thing is that we really want to bring awareness to the seriousness of this, that when we say things, when we self-deprecate, we need to be asking ourselves these questions. Number one, is that how I would talk about God's temple? Now, last week, if you missed it, in the introduction podcast, I talked about the fact that we are God's temple. We are God's temple. And that we need to be, you know, a lot of times it talks about take care of your temple. And it talks about, you know, with that, a lot of people will talk about things like sexual purity or exercise or or health. And all those things are good. But I'm talking about taking care of your emotional self. And, you know, the the temple, when, when the Lord built the tabernacle, which that was the transitory um, uh, temple back inside of the wilderness um, that he called them to build, which is what I'm reading now inside of my quiet time. But anyway, it's fascinating to me that oh, it was built out of these exquisite, priceless uh, materials, jewels and uh, different, you know, woods and um, gold and different things like that. And imagine the temple in all that splendor, in all that glory. Imagine you walking around that sacred temple saying, this is just stupid. This is ugly. Of course you wouldn't do that. You love the Lord. You honor his temple. You know that it's sacred. Well, you know what? The temple has moved and you are the temple. And so stop talking about yourself. Stop self-deprecating. Number two question we need to ask is, is this something that I would say to a friend, to my daughter, to my mom, to someone that I love? Is this something, would I say, you're so stupid? No, 
Of course she wouldn't say that. Of course you would not say that to another person. I hope you wouldn't say that to another person. So then why? Why are you saying it about yourself? It must stop. You know, another thing that I saw this week as I've been studying the building of the tabernacle is that the people gave out of what they had, right? So they had different treasures, they had different talents, and they all brought them to the table. But they had to know, they had to know that what they had was valuable, and they couldn't give it out unless they had received it first. And so you must, you must, Be kind to yourself and remember how you talk about yourself matters. And then the other thing that we need to ask is, am I echoing the voice of God or affirming the enemy? Am I echoing the voice of God or affirming the enemy? Now, we all know the enemy is shame, condemnation, and the Lord is love and grace and encouragement and, yes, conviction. But when the Holy Spirit does it, he does it in such a beautiful way that you don't feel condemned. You get excited because you know that God is getting ready to bring change inside of your life. Are you echoing the voice of God or affirming the enemy? And I think to me, that really brings it down, you know, because I really don't want to give wind to anything the enemy has in my life. And we need to start seeing this as a spiritual battle. And we need to start speaking the word of God back. If you don't feel good about yourself, you can find a scripture, right, to speak back to the enemy, so here's the other thing. We, you know, we've been talking about uh, when you become aware. And I'll tell you that as I've been paying more attention to that, I've been catching myself saying things, right? And I'm, I'm, the more I catch it, the more I know that there's going to be change. But when I catch it, what I'm doing is I'm confessing it. I catch myself saying things that are self-deprecating, and I immediately confess it. Why? Because that is choosing grace over grit. Just saying, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'll try harder next time. You know, I mean, you can do that. And actually, you know, I mean, there is like strength and determination in ourselves. But it's not like grace. Grace will always uh, trump over our grit, our determination. And so grace says, You know, when you catch yourself, you confess it. Lord, I just talk that way about myself, and I know that's not your intention. Lord, help me with this. Help me with this. Help me to change. You know, um, when Jesus was beginning his ministry, he read uh, from the book of Isaiah to to announce his, basically, his his job description. And one of the things that he said uh, this is Isaiah 61, 1. He says, he has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. And we talked about the fact that a lot of this stems from a deep-seated root of rejection. And when it's deep-seated like that, I think that we need to ask Jesus to heal our broken hearts. In fact, I love it. Like when God identifies something in me that needs to change that I know 
there's no way that I can do on my own because I know he's getting ready to take me on a journey. And literally coming to the Lord and just saying, God, take me, Jesus, help me. There's a root of rejection in my life. And you know what? Sometimes we know exactly where it stems from. It could perhaps be in a, a traumatic event that happened in your life, you know, so long ago. But listen, it doesn't even have to be like this big, huge, traumatic event. You know, um, trauma is relative to everybody. And honestly, it could be one interaction with one person and the words that they spoke over you that can really bring a scar into your life that can last a lifetime. It really can. And sometimes there are things that only Jesus can heal. And so if you invite him into the process, Lord, I've got this root of rejection. I keep self-deprecating. And I know I shouldn't do it, but I want it to be inner change. Lord, take me on a journey and you know, Jesus says, he comforts the brokenhearted, come and heal my heart. And just, you know, take, try it, take Jesus at his word on that, and then begin to just spend time with him and watch him take you on that process. The next thing about accessing the source and choosing grace in this and how we really move past self-deprecation is that we must receive God's forgiveness. Now, I'm not asking you, have you been saved? I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you something deeper. You know, I want you to just ask yourself this question. Is there a sin in your life that you feel like God can't forgive you for? Is there something that happened way back in your past that you continue to carry around like a huge weight? You know, um, I want to go back to that definition of self-deprecation again. Self-deprecation is the act of reprimanding oneself. So when I'm reprimanding myself, right, then I'm essentially punishing myself. Well, Jesus already took the punishment on the cross. And for me, I know that for years, I carried shame over a broken family relationship. Now, this relationship was extremely toxic, extremely painful, extremely hurtful, um, and it wasn't healthy. But because I was a Christian and I thought that that meant that all of my relationships need to be neat and tidy and perfect, I carried a lot of shame over that. Now, the other reason why I carried shame is because I was very hurt inside of that relationship and I hurt back. So I did not do everything like all together, well, neat and tidy, but for years I carried shame over it. Shame. And I'll never forget the moment inside of my quiet time where I finally received God's forgiveness over that. Um, And I was actually reading through uh, Genesis, and it was in that scene where Jacob is inside of the wilderness, and he has that vision, the stairway uh, to heaven, and he's just, you know, there's a mess inside of his family, and 
you know, he he's he tricked Esau out of his birthright. He had to run away because Esau was coming after him um, out of vengeance. And, you know, I thought to myself, here he is in the wilderness. He's away from his mother that doted over him, right? He has no family and everything is a mess inside of his life, right? Like the mess with Esau and the mess with just everything. And he's tricked him essentially out of this birthright. And, and, you know, and then God speaks to him. And at that point, at his, he called it Bethel, but at that point he speaks to him, he reaffirms the covenant to him, and he promises Jacob that he is with him. And it blessed me because Jacob didn't do everything right. But here was God saying, I've still got you. And somebody is listening today that needs to know God still has you. And it's time to let go. Uh, Perhaps it is um, a divorce. Perhaps it is that you've never forgiven yourself. Uh, You've carried the weight of of an abortion. I I talked to a woman who, um, who was saved, and yet she still carried the weight of the abortion that she had when she was young for many years. And it wasn't until she received God's forgiveness for herself that she was free. And many, I think, the self-deprecating comments come from the unforgiveness of ourselves that we are carrying around and the shame over mistakes that we've made in our past. And so we've carried it so long that it's taken up this root of shame where we really believe that there must be something wrong with us or God could not be happy with us. And so we're just going to be excessively self-abasing, self-deprecating, right, to get it over with. And it's so unnecessary because Jesus took it on the cross. Could today be a day of new beginnings for you? And maybe it is that there's a mess inside of your family somewhere, whatever it may be, or inside of your life. It's still not permission for you to self-deprecate. It's time to move on. The next thing that you must realize inside of all of this is that the part you have to play matters. The part you have to play matters. I just, you know, uh, two weeks ago we had a podcast about finding extraordinary in the ordinary. And, and Hannah, uh, who is on staff at Treasure Ministries, was talking about that just as a mom. And, you know, the little things that she does all day long as a mom that seem insignificant, but it's not. It was a great podcast. I encourage you to uh, to listen to it. But, um you know, one of the things that struck me too, as I've been reading in the book of Exodus and reading this this account of how the tabernacle was built, is that the Lord called everybody to participate and said, you know, bring me, uh, offer your your treasures um, and your talents, your skills. And Exodus thirty six twenty nine says this: so the people of Israel 
every man and woman who was eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses, brought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. See, when we self-deprecate, we're holding back. And also those words carry power to where we can't put ourselves out there fully. And see, the thing is, is that God is on the move and there is a purpose and, you know, there's purpose for you as a mom with your children and and just wherever he has you. But if we continue to hold on to self-deprecation about whatever, about our mothering, about whatever it may be, it hinders, right, the full flow of what God wants to do through you. Now, also in that account of the tabernacle, um, the Lord said, you know, let everybody who's willing to come, come. And self-deprecation pulls us back on that willingness. And so honestly, the first part of us loving others fully is loving ourselves, receiving God's forgiveness on the days that we've blown it, and doing it quickly so that we can embrace God's love so that we can in turn truly love others. So every week inside of uh, our 10 tips to tame your lips, I'm going to give you a nurse scripture. And this week, the scripture is Exodus 3 through 4. Exodus 3 through 4. Now, in this scripture, it's a very famous scene. The Lord comes to Moses. Uh, It's the burning bush scene. And he's calling Moses to free the people from slavery. He says, I'm going to use you to deliver the people from slavery in Egypt. And Moses begins to argue with God and self-deprecate. And I want you to read through that passage. And what I want you to see, first, I want you to just see, you know, do I do this with the Lord, right? And then I want you to understand, too, that it was important that Moses moved beyond this because there were people that were held in bondage that needed to be free. And we spend waste of energy on self-deprecation, and we are giving ammunition to the enemy and agreeing with what he says. And agreement is empowerment over one kingdom or another, right? And so I want you to read through those scriptures this week. You can either just open up your Bibles and read them. You can get a journal and journal it. If you have the Nourish uh, notebook and want to use the Nourish Bible study method, you can do that. But just think through that. And then if you want to, there's a follow-up teaching that I have on that passage. It's up on our YouTube channel. Just go to playlists and uh, find the um, 21-day challenge. Go to that playlist. And if you access um, lesson 10, I actually teach on this very passage talking about um, things like self-deprecation. So I go into that deeper. So that is this week's tip to tame your lips. Stop self-deprecation and start celebration because God has created you uniquely for a purpose 
that he has purposed and designed just for you. I pray today has been a blessing for you. And thanks so much for listening in. And at this time, I'd also like to give a huge thank you to our donors who make this and all we do at Treasured Ministries possible. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.